0: Welcome to Church Online for our midweek service here tonight on this Wednesday night. If I've never met you before, my name is Pastor Matt. I'm the Bayville Campus Pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And before we get into the message tonight, I just want to welcome you. If this is your first time with us, if you're watching on our Church Online platform, you can go ahead and click the Connect With Us button. You'll see it right up there at the top. Or if you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description. You just click that link to connect with us because, yes, we're not meeting in a physical building, but we still are the church. And we true, with one thing we say here in New Beginnings is it's not a place just to attend, it's a family to belong to. So if you are joining for the first time, or maybe you've been looking the last couple of weeks and joining us, we consider you family here at New Beginnings, and we wanna be able to connect with you. So go ahead and do that. And also... If you normally give during the midweek service, you can give using that give. If you're on the church online platform, you can click that giving button at the top, or if YouTube, it's in the description, or you can always just go to newbeginningsnj.org slash give to give online as well. It's a safe, simple, secure way to give. So <clears throat> I just wanna welcome you guys to our midweeks. We love our midweeks here at New Beginnings. Um, it's a good punch in the arm kind. I don't know if a pu- shot in the arm. There we go. It is a good shot in the arm. So I just wanna pray, and then we're gonna get into a message that God has put on my heart for us here tonight. So if you would just join me wherever you are in your homes and just pray with me. Father, we just thank you right now. We come before you, Lord God, knowing that your word is powerful. You tell us, Father, that your word does not return void, Lord. So Father, I thank you that your word would impact us here tonight. Father, I thank you that we would have open ears to hear and open hearts to receive all that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, would you guys say amen wherever you are? Well, amen. And um, so tonight, for this message on this midweek, I titled this message, What's in Your Hand? What's in Your Hand? And really, we're gonna mainly be looking at Moses tonight and the book of Exodus. And for some reason, I don't know why, it's been on my heart, I've been going through studying the book of Exodus uh, lately. I love the book of Exodus. It's, it's the second book in the Bible in the Old Testament. And it is powerful, it's powerful stuff. And the life of Moses is very powerful. So just to give... A quick backstory before I just jump right in, because I'm going to kind of just jump right in tonight. We're going to pick up in, in Exodus. If you have your Bible, your Bible app, Exodus chapter three, verses 11 through 14, we're going to start with. But before that, just so you know, so Exodus kind of starts and it's it's after Genesis. It's going through Moses's life and it starts how Moses was a baby. His mom put him in the river, right? He was picked up and now he's in Egypt. And then he realizes who he is and he sees his people are in slavery. The Israelites are in slavery in Egypt. So Moses ends up killing an Egyptian. He has to flee. So then you have chapter two, he meets. Uh, he gets a wife and all of this. And then we pick up in chapter three. And now at the end of chapter two, it says the king of Egypt died and then God's people were crying out to him and he heard their prayer. And then when we pick up in chapter three, Moses has this burning bush incident with God. And God, see God, want, he sees his people are oppressed in Egypt. He sees that they are slaves and he wants them to be freed and he's gonna use Moses. So, We see Moses has this burning bush and then we're gonna pick up in verse 11, but actually I'm just gonna read nine and 10 before we get into 11. And God says to Moses, now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So God and Moses are having a discussion here and God is telling this to Moses. And then we're gonna look at, verse 11 through 14 now. But Moses said to God, now this is very important and it's very interesting. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, Moses, if you really look at it, he asks a valid question in a lot of ways because God is telling him, you're gonna bring my people out. And Moses is saying, who am I that I would bring the people out of Egypt? Now, verse 12, God, it says, so he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And then verse 14, a lot of us know this verse and God says a very powerful statement here. And it says, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am, has sent me to you. Now let's rewind for a second to back verse 12. We saw in verse 11, where Moses said to God, who am I? And this is, I'm going to get to what we're going to, in this message, really the beef of it of what's in your hand, but this is important to know right now, because this is going to tie in at the end. This is the beginning really of God and Moses kind of having this relationship where God's gonna start using Moses to do powerful things here. And Moses says, who am I that I should bring the children out of Israel? uh, Sorry, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And then God in verse 12, we read it. He says something very powerful. So Moses saying, God, who am I? And verse 12, God said, so he said, God said, I will certainly be with you. Did you notice God never answered Moses when Moses said, who am I? Well, why? Because it wasn't about who Moses is or who Moses was. It was about who was going with him, who was gonna be with him. And I want to really, that should bring comfort to us because no matter what you're facing right now, maybe God is asking you to do something, to step out in a new area. And you might say, who am I to do that? It's not about who we are. It is about the, for now, I mean, this is the Old Testament, New Testament. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but it's about who goes with you. And that's how God answered Moses. When Moses said that, who am I? God says, he's responded that it doesn't matter who you are. I'm going to be the one that's going to accompany you and my plans will be accomplished through you and using your obedience. Now, and then in verse 14, we see God identifies himself as I am who I am. And there he's revealing his divine nature and he's declaring his character and his attributes that's reinforcing the issue is not with who Moses is, but who is with him. So powerful stuff there. Now we're gonna go to the next chapter in verse four. Now God, he tells Moses, He goes and tells Moses to tell the children of Israel that God's going to bring them out of the affliction of Egypt and so on. And now if we pick up in chapter four, verses one through five, now Moses is kind of back back at it. He's doubting a little bit, which we can all relate to, which we all experience, right? Right? We all experience doubt. And then Moses answered and said to God, but suppose, again, he's saying, he's talking about the people of Israel when God's telling Moses to go tell them this. And Moses is saying, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, another awesome response from God. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod, Moses responds, a rod, some translations say a staff. And, and he said, God said to Moses, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out, to your, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. So he goes back to being a rod now. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Now we see here, God gives Moses his marching orders. Moses is still reluctant. So God in verse two, he asks Moses a very important question. He's saying, what is that in your hand, Moses? And Moses replies, a rod. Now God takes what could be looked at from a natural sense as something ordinary, such as this rod, this staff that Moses has in his hand. And God uses it as an extra, extraordinary, really rod of the power of God. Why? We see, and if you go through Exodus, this rod, this staff that Moses used was performed many miracles, split the Red Sea, other miracles. Now it was a normal rod until what? God said, what's that in your hand? Moses said, a rod. He threw it down to the ground and then he picked it back up. Now it wasn't just an ordinary rod. It was a rod that was gonna use the power of God that Moses would use to release the power of God. And, and I wanna talk to all of us here, you, whoever is watching, we all have things that are in our possession, Each and every one of us, we have things that are in our possession that have potential to be serpents. And when I'm saying serpents, I'm talking about not used for the purpose of God or not used for the goodness of God, or they could be used as instruments of blessing. In our hands, when we try to do things on our own, things can be deadly, right? We can bring harm to ourselves, harm to others when we're trying to do things in our own strength or we're trying to do things about our own agenda, whatever it may be. But when we surrender those to God and put them in his possession and put them to glorify him and to let him use those through us, they can become extraordinary rods or possessions of God's power that he could work through us and bring deliverance to many. And then in Exodus chapter four, so we're gonna skip down a few verses here. So God tells us, and Moses is gonna go to Egypt now. And in verse 18 through 20, it says, so Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go return to Egypt for all the men who sought your life are dead. Now Moses... Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey and he returned to the land of Egypt. And what happened? Moses took the rod of God in his hand. He made sure he didn't forget that. And he used it to perform various miracles. Now, the heart of this message of what's in your hand, I want to look at four rods, so to say, that each of us have in our possession, but how we use them will determine if they are going to be blessings or not. And especially in this time with what is, what is going on in the world, you know, we just wrapped up Easter Sunday, and I'm, I can't wait to actually kind of talk about that. Easter was just this past Sunday, and it's going to be one of my points, just to fast forward a little bit, but I'm not going to spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about hope. I just had to say it. I just had to say it. But that's, that's going to be point number four. So I'm going to start with point number one. So what are some rods that we have in our hand? What are some things we have in our hand that when we surrender them to God, when we use them for his glory, when we trust him and we put him at the forefront in these areas, they could be blessings to many. The first rod that we all have in our hand is time. We all have time. No matter how busy you are right now, maybe some of you, you're more busy than ever before. Maybe some of you, you have a little extra, what you feel is I have a little extra time on my hand, whatever it may be, but listen, listen, We all have time on our hands. And that means, and time, what time means is means opportunity. Because here's the thing. We need to use this opportunity of the moments and the days, especially in the days that we're living in. Because talking about time, listen, we keep talking about this, man. I'm telling you, it is coming towards the end. Jesus is gonna be coming back. That is a certainty. So we need to make sure we're using our time as wisely as ever now, using our time to bring the gospel to others. But again, I'm just jumping ahead. But talking about time now, I just wanna wanna ask you a question. Put yourself in this scenario and this is gonna bring smiles probably to a lot of our faces, but if you had a bank account think about it. if you had a bank account which credited your account every morning once it hit 12:01 a.m. every morning your bank account was credited with $86,400 in your account every morning but the, the thing is is you had to use it all that day because when, when midnight would hit the next day it would be gone and then it would be credited anew in the morning so whatever you try to leave over each day from that $86,400 you would not have any of that left over but it would be credited new every day now I would assume all of us would draw out every cent and use it every day, right? Use it every day to bless people, to do whatever it is, right? Imagine that, you had that credited to your account every day. I would hope we would use every last bit every day, not to be, not to be greedy, but in terms of to push God's things purpose. Now, if you wouldn't, if you would say, hey, I'm gonna, I would only take $100 out every day if I got credited $86,400, there is a chat option right now and you can click live prayer and we could pray with you. No, but really, think about that. If you had that credited to your account every day, we would try to draw every penny, right, to use it. Why? Because we know it wouldn't be there. Now, time is the same thing because no matter each and every one of us, every day we have 86,400 seconds in a day. So what are we doing with that time? Because those seconds that are allocated for that specific day do not carry over into the next day. So if we're not using them to the best of our ability, we're the ones who are taking a loss. And by taking a loss, what I mean by that is it could be affecting other people. Now, we have that time. So what are we doing with that rod of time, so to say, in our hand every day? How are we spending our time? Are we putting God first in our time? Are we using our time wisely? Are we being good stewards? Because you know, being good stewards of our time is important to God. You know, I've been in, in this time now, I've been using my time trying to use it as wisely, as possibly I can to be honest I 'm very busy right now, sometimes I feel a little bit more busy than ever, but at the same time i 'm using my time wisely. Some things i 'm trying to take advantage of right now is at nighttime i 've been home a little bit more at night, so i 'm trying to use that time with my daughter and my wife, trying to use that time wisely in the mornings i 'm making sure I'm getting up, getting in God 's presence, spending time with him and his word. why? because here's the thing, and this is just me, maybe you can relate. If you can relate, drop an amen in the comments but the one thing I know that I need every morning is wisdom from God to go about my day. And I've realized in my life, especially in these last few weeks, is if I don't go to God and ask him for the wisdom in the beginning of the day, using my time wisely to be with him, I will actually waste time throughout the day because I'll feel kind of confused. I feel like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. So use your time wisely. Maybe you feel right now is like, man, I have more time on my, on my hand. Maybe you're home right now. We'll use this extra time that you have if you're not as busy to be in God's word, to be studying more than you ever have because we need to know what the word of God says. So use your time wisely, honor God with your time, steward your time well, make sure most importantly when it comes to how do we use our time is God is getting the best of our time. He is getting the first of our time. I just want to throw this out there. Do you know when it comes to reading your Bible and praying and all of that, you know, don't we could fall into a ritual of, oh, it's just something I do in the morning or I do it before I go to sleep. God is ever present throughout the whole day. Use your time wisely. You can just, hey, every hour, just talk to him for five minutes, pray for five minutes, go read a devotional, whatever it may be. Use that time throughout the day to stay in God's presence. I know for me is if I just talk to God in the morning and then I kind of wipe it out and forget about it until nighttime, I'm gonna get drained throughout the day. I need to stay in his presence. Even if, even if it's just going and reading one line of scripture just to build myself up, to start fueling myself, it's important. So how do we use our time? The second thing, the second rod that we all have that we wanna make sure we're using right is energy, is our energy. And I don't mean that in a weird way. I'm talking about our actual physical energy. Now we hear, a lot of things these days that we need to conserve energy resources like fuel, water, oil, gas. And yes, they could be legitimate concerns, but I truly believe that there can be an even greater energy crisis in the world and that could be in the body of Christ. I hear so many people, we run out of gas, we're tired. We need to make sure we're using our energy on the right things. One thing that this whole thing, this whole coronavirus and everything, the craziness that's going on, I think for some of us, it's shown us how busy our lives were. And listen, being busy, it's not, it's not a bad thing when you're doing, when you're busy about things that um, you're honoring God with, but busy, about, I know me, like i realize like, man, just even not, not even just work, but just other things. Like I was busy with things that, that, don't, that don't matter. One of the things I'm talking about is like, I use a lot of my energy on, it could be being on anxiety or being anxious. I can use all my energy on being anxious about something that's happening a week later. And I'm wasting my energy on what I need to get done that day. Because you might be able to relate to this. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Something I would struggle with is anxiety a lot. And if you just are worrying throughout the whole day, you, what happens? You come home at night and what do you do? You just flop down on the couch and you, why wow, you can't think? Like I would always say to my wife sometimes when I'm anxious, I'm like, I'm just mentally drained. I can't even think right now. That is not good. Now I'm not saying it's not bad. You're tired. You worked hard and you sit on the couch, you watch some TV. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is we want to make sure again, when it comes to, we talked about time, but now energy, we're giving. God, our best. And make sure, because here's the thing, we've expended sometimes all of our energy we can expend on things that will not last. That will not last. They're gonna fade away. It's not gonna last in eternity. We wanna make sure we're putting our energy forward into things that are gonna go with us into heaven. What is that? That's souls. That's bringing the gospel to people, whatever it may be. Use your energy in a right way. And to be honest with you, and just just being like open and, and vulnerable a little bit, is, and this is something I realized ah, probably a couple months ago, because again, if you've heard me speak before and you know I do talk about anxiety, something I struggled with a lot and it still is is a battle, a daily battle for me. And, And I'll worry about things and spend my energy on things, like my mental energy, worrying about things that aren't even coming up yet, a month, a week later, whatever it may be. And things that ended up you worry about and then it doesn't even happen. And you're like, why did I worry? But I would get myself so mentally exhausted that I would come home, whatever it may be, And my daughter would be there and I'd almost be too tired to go play with her, to go spend time with her. Why? Because I'm mentally done by that time. And I'm not giving her, so I would go kind of play with her and spend time with her. But in some ways I'm kind of doing it as like a zombie because I'm not mentally there. I'm not mentally present. And it's something that God brought to the forefront of my attention. And listen, the things I was worrying about they were like little things, but just I make them big things that don't even happen. They're not going to last. But time with my daughter, that is extremely important. And God wants me, I'm sure his heart is for me to be using that the best that I can and giving her my, my energy, giving her the best part of me. So we want to make sure that we're using our energy well. And by that, I mean, putting our energy forth in ways that are going to honor God and bring the gospel to others in ways that we're going to be present with our families. When we're with our families being actually present because you could be with people and you're not actually present being present with people. The third thing, the third rod that we all have in our hands is resources. We all have different types of resources right now. And we're called to steward the resources we have well. Now, I wanna read a scripture. It's in James 1:17, and it says, every good gift and perfect, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every good gift is from God. So whether that's a vehicle we have, money that we have, um, food that we have, um, cell phones, whatever, if we consider it good, it is a gift from God and it's not ours, it's God. And we're called to steward that well. So what resources do you have? What resources? Maybe right now you have some food that you can go drop off to somebody that you know is struggling Maybe you, maybe right now your job has been affected. You have money and you know somebody that is affected and you can go and bless them, maybe pay a, uh, an electric bill for them or whatever it may be. Maybe you have an extra, extra car and you're really not leaving your house and you can go let somebody borrow that car for the next week or the next month that have that need, whatever it may be. What resources do you have that you can make sure that you're stewarding well and saying, God, these resources are not mine, but they're yours. How do you want me to steward them? Because if we try to steward them in our own wisdom and our own strength, they really can end up being deadly in some ways or we're not gonna really be blessing. But when we surrender those to God and realize they're his, not ours, and we be still and we listen to his voice on how to use those, they can become a huge blessing. Amen. And the last one that I wanna talk about. So we have time, energy, resources and the fourth rod we all have in our hand. And this is what I gave that spoiler alert for earlier. And the message is hope. This is one, listen, if you are watching this and you have given your life to Jesus and you've received him as your Lord and savior, you have this. If you're watching this right now and you haven't given your life to Jesus, I want you to hear about hope and you will have that opportunity to do this at the end of the service. And we have people that are gonna be wanting to pray with you and people that will answer any questions. Again, you would always click that prayer button wherever you're watching it. We all have a rod of hope. Now, why do we have hope? Well, we have hope because of Jesus. We just celebrated the resurrection. The resurrection gives us hope. Now, here's something I want to tell you. Easter, right? And this time I was talking to my wife about. You kind of just feel like fired up a little bit on Easter. Now, this Easter for all of us, I'm sure, was a little bit different. Maybe we didn't get to go see all of our family members. We're kind of at home with our family eating, whatever it may be. But Easter, you feel good, right? It's resurrection Sunday. Oh man, my life, Jesus brought me hope. Listen, just because it's not resurrection Sunday anymore, we're supposed to live from that every day. We're supposed to be living from the resurrection, from what Jesus did in that hope every day. So we all have a rod of hope. Now we have that, but if we don't use it, it's not really a blessing to others. We need to share that hope with others. And I just want to read Psalm 71 because something that was powerful to me and it's verse five, and it's David. And if you've never really went through the Psalms before, I encourage you to do that. Cause David is kind of, he writes in a way that is just very open hearted to God. He's very honest. But he says here, he says something that's just so powerful. He just says, for you are my hope, O Lord God, you are my trust from my youth. David went through, through many things. David, he knew God was his hope. Now we all have a testimony and that's one way we could share our hope. You know, Maybe drop in the comments one thing that you know that God has done in your life. Just to encourage people that are reading in the chat or that are reading in the comments on YouTube, wherever it may be. What has God done in your life? Because we need to share this hope. One way we do that is share our testimony. How our life, because I know my life before Jesus, it was not on the right path. It was destructive. Jesus came into my life, my whole life changed. Honestly, a lot of people in my family's life changed. God radically ch- changed our lives, but we need to actually share that hope. So I wanna encourage you this week, Yes, you may be home, but go through your contact list on your, on your um, phone, or maybe you're old school, and you still have that. Uh, I remember my grandma always had it. You still have that book, and it, and it has the, your, all the lists of people's numbers. Go through your phone list, and just one person. Call one person. Maybe it's somebody that you know isn't a Christian yet. Share your testimony with them. Share that hope. Maybe you know somebody that is Christian, but maybe they you know, they're just kind of beat down right now. They, they really, their relationship with God has not really been there. Call them up and give them hope. Encourage them. Encourage them to start seeking God again. I want to challenge you with that. Share your testimony. And I want to end by looking, going back to Moses and one way how he, in some ways, <clears throat> shared his testimony because he knew what God did in his life. He knew that the miracles that God performed, that Moses performed, wasn't because of who Moses was, but because God was working through him. And I wanna look at Deuteronomy now. We're gonna, so we're skipping a little bit and we're going all the way to Deuteronomy 31 here. And at this point, Moses is at the end of his life and he kind of has you know, because Moses throughout this, he also did some things because he was human, right? He had some disobedience to God. And because of that disobedience, he couldn't cross over into the promised land that God promised them. So Moses is kind of at the end of the life. He did get a glimpse of it though. God still, so he gave him a glimpse. And Moses here, is gonna go and be talking to Joshua. And Joshua was kind of Moses's right-hand man. And Moses, the chain of command is about to switch from Moses to Joshua. And Joshua is gonna lead the people into the promised land. And I just wanna look at this really quick. It's in Deuteronomy 31, verses one through eight. It says, and Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord, your God himself crosses over before you. So Moses is telling all the people of Israel, the Lord, your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord had said. When Moses said that, as I was reading, I was thinking about, and Joshua's mind right now, and Moses is saying that, like Joshua's going to lead you guys across this land. Joshua, I'm going to be surprised if he's wrestling, if he him, himself is wrestling with the question of who am I, that I'm going to lead these people to cross them over. And actually, if you go into the book of Joshua, you kind of can know that he's uh, thinking that because God had to keep telling him, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. But, and Moses is still talking, and the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og. Hopefully I said that right the kings of the Amorites and their land, when he destroyed them, the Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment, which I have commanded you. So Moses is telling all the Israelites this. And then he says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That is powerful and powerful words coming from Moses here. And I just want to look at verse seven. Then Moses called to Joshua, and said to him in the sight of all of Israel. So now Moses kind of calls to Joshua and he says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage for you must go with this people to the land, which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them and you shall cause them to inherit it. Again, I can just imagine Joshua standing there going in his mind, who am I that I'm going to lead these people to this promised land? And in verse eight, and Moses says to Joshua, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He tells him again, do not fear nor be dismayed. And I can't help but think going back to Exodus chapter three, when Moses said to God, God, who am I? And, and God didn't answer him saying, because it wasn't about who he was, it was about who goes with him. And that had to have such an impact on Moses. And then Moses seeing that God kept going with him, that what happens when Joshua is probably in some doubt and Joshua wondering thing. God, Moses didn't tell him, Joshua, you're so great. You have these natural skills. Moses is saying, Joshua, don't fear because it's really not about who you are. The Lord, your God is gonna go before you and he's not gonna leave you and he's not gonna forsake you. And we need to share that testimony with others, especially in that time right now, going back to that fourth rod of hope. Again, call somebody, tell them, listen, the Lord, your God is for you. He's not gonna leave you nor forsake you. You might be feel fearful right now, but God is with you. And maybe you're watching this right now and you have not given your life over to God yet. You've not receive Jesus as your Lord and savior. Well, I do want to let you know, we celebrated the resurrection this Sunday and Jesus did come. He did die and he did raise again, rise again. And he did that. And because of that, the veil was torn. We're in right relationship with God when we receive Jesus as our savior. And again, you, you might be thinking, well, who am I? I've done all this stuff. It's not about who you are in this situation. It's about what Jesus did. It's about we all sin we all fall short. And it's not about what we did, but it's about what Jesus did when he died on the cross and shed his blood for us. And then he rose again. And it says in Romans, when you believe that, you believe Jesus is God's son, you believe he died for you. You believe he rose again. It says, when you believe that and you say that, you confess that, what we call salvation prayer, it says you are saved. And I would love to have that honor to lead you in this prayer this night. So if you could all join me, and if you've never said this prayer, just repeat after me as I lead us all in this prayer and know that you will, your life is gonna radically change. You're gonna be sealed with the Holy Spirit and you will become a child of God. So let's repeat after me, Father, I thank you. And I believe that you sent your son to go to the cross on my behalf, to die for me, to shed his blood for me. And I believe that he rose again. Now, Jesus, I thank you for paying that price for my sins. And I repent of my old ways and I acknowledge that I need a savior. So Jesus, I receive you into my life. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and as my savior. And I will follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name, would you say amen wherever you are? Say amen. Let's give it up. Let's rejoice with those that prayed that prayer. No matter where we are, there is no distance in the spirit, it says. So I just want to let you know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you click that. It says, I click. You, I think there's a thing that should come up. And then you click that you received Jesus. Let one of us know in a live chat. We would love to have that honor, honestly, to, to be able to follow up with you because you've entered into this relationship with God. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the descriptions. It says, I've received Jesus. Just click that link and let us know because this is not the end of your journey. It is the beginning, amen? Well, church, we miss you. Again, let's take this message into the rest of this week before the weekend. Make sure you go contact somebody, share that hope with them and use our time wisely. We all have those rods. Remember, we have time, our energy, our resources and the the hope that Jesus has given us. Let's use those to glorify God and be a blessing to others. Amen. Well, God bless you we hope to see you this weekend. Join us online this weekend, Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. God bless you. We love you, and we hope to see you soon.